If you're looking for even more Survivor Guatemala coverage, check out our patron feedback show, talking about all things Survivor Guatemala and answering even more feedback questions with the three amigos, Jordan Kalish, Aaron Robertson, and Nick Fishman in our patron podcast feed. It's just one of the many benefits you get when you become a patron of Rob is a Podcast. Find out more information at robiswebsite.com slash patron. Yes, that's right. Talking with T-Bird is back here. We've got a great one for you today. The winner of Survivor Guatemala is going to be with us here on Talking with T-Bird. Danny Boatwright is here, and the woman who tracked her down, here she is. It is Teresa T-Bird Cooper. Shh. Rob, hello. Yes, finally, 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 we got Danny. Yes, you I've did been it. Working on, Rob, I've been working on Danny every, ever since we started talking with T-Bird over two years ago. She was on our original list of 12. We finally got her. She's going to be fantastic. And, you know, I think I reached out to her right before, you know, Winners at War when obviously she knew she was going. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she was going. So, you know, but we got her. We got her today. It's going to be great. And I had loved your Guatemala, your podcast. Yes. I loved Taryn. Taryn and Mikey Hogabloom were so great. <laughs> yes. It's so crazy. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. Mikey Hogabloom. He is a hoot. He's a funny so guy, Mike. That Blum. was a lot of fun. Oh, he, hey, I wanted to tell you that, you know, you posted the um, Guatemala, and then I loved it because you said you had check out these two interviews with it, and you've got our Talk of a T-Bird with Cindy Hall. And with Jed Sargent. So thank you so much for attaching those. With that being said, you forgot to put the girl, the three-time player, the final two of Guatemala, Stephanie. I will add that. We'll add that one. Sorry about that. But I thought it's a good idea to start including the, you know, historical interviews that we've done when we cover these seasons. Oh, I think it's a great idea because when I pulled it up and saw it, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, because Cindy and Judd's were both so much fun. And then right away, I thought of Stephanie because Stephanie was one of those also that, you know, I was really surprised to get also one of the first ones on the original list to 12. And so I think her um, talking with T-Bird was really interesting, too. So if you can, you can add that. That'll be super awesome. I do feel That's like great. that the one with Judd and the one with Cindy, though, I feel like were, uh, and the two with Cindy, actually, uh, the twin interviews with Cindy Hall, uh, that were both like, uh, like all timers. Oh, you did? Yes. I thought the Stephanie one was, that was a big get, but I feel like that was like a shorter interview. Oh, okay. I don't even, I don't even remember. I guess I remembered. I thought like it was, it was like Judd. 40 minutes. It was like a quick, it was a quick one. Oh, okay. Well, that's perfect. Then that's a short one. It's shorter one that people can listen to. They can just throw it in on their lunch break. Mm-hmm. That'd be perfect. Yeah. 
Okay. And also, I'm probably going to forget to tell Danny this today, but um, there was a random fan at Peter Fence, and I'm going to mention him because you are like his mentor. He thinks the absolute world of you, and he actually reminds me a lot of you, a younger version. Um, but Peter published a book, book and used Danny as a character name in homage to her. And I'm only saying that because... Listen for Peter Fent because he's an he's an author and a screenwriter. Actually, reminds me of um, what David Wright, didn't David Wright, mm-hmm. uh, TV writer, and Mike White, Mike yeah. White, who we're hoping to get on here eventually. So <laughs> is, is I wanted list? to mention that yeah. in case I don't tell Danny. All right. Uh, so all right, I'm very excited for this one. Happy to have you here for another, which should be a great talking with T Bird today. Before we get to Danny Boatwright, let me quickly. Tell you about our friends over at ZipRecruiter. Listen to this, T-Bird. If you're a business owner who's hiring, you probably face a lot of challenges when it comes to finding the right person for your role. Maybe uh, they're quite as uh, daunting as uh, the 11-mile hike to kick off uh, Survivor Guatemala, or at least that's what it could feel like when you are finding applicants that don't have the right skills or experience. Sometimes then you get too many resumes. You're getting like, uh, I'm overloaded. I I need to hire somebody to look at the resumes or not knowing where to post your job to reach the right people. That's why hiring can feel like you're trying to find a needle in a haystack or a hidden immunity idol in a jungle without a clue like Gary Hogaboom did. Uh, Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you could do is hope the right person comes along. That's why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash survive. When you post a job to ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to 100 top job sites with one click. Then ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds the people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. It's no wonder 2.3 million businesses have come to ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. So while other companies overwhelm you with way too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for, the needle in the haystack. And right now you could try ZipRecruiter for free at the web address ZipRecruiter.com slash survive. Once again, remember to go to this unique place, ZipRecruiter.com slash survive. S-U-R-V-I-V-E, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now, T-Bird, please do us the honors and welcome in Danny Boatwright. All right, here we go. We would first see our guest today at 29 years old on the 11th season Survivor Guatemala, a season that included for the first time new and returning players and the first time a hidden immunity idol would be introduced. This all-American girl next door has been described as athletic, loyal, Sneaky, physically and mentally tough, competitive with a never give up, you may be down, but you are never out attitude, which I believe to be a perfect combination for the difficult, challenging game of Survivor. Born in Tonganoxie, Kansas, her mom, a Survivor fan, would encourage her daughter, who she has referred to as a velvet steamroller, to apply. The conditions in Guatemala were tough, beginning with an 11-mile hike, extreme heat, maggot-infested rice, mosquitoes, tarantulas, crocodiles, and two savvy returning players, Stephanie and Bobby John. Our guest today landed on the Nakum tribe and would have a successful run until a tribal switch on day 10 would leave her outnumbered 6-4. to This would not discourage her, and she said she never let her guard down, 
hardly ever slept and tried to find a crack in the majority alliance. She thought of herself as a stealth bomber. They didn't see me coming. In fact, total proof of this is the conversation between Cindy and Judd when she was the only one to buy a $200 advantage, which she said was money well spent. Quote, Danny does have that clue. Okay, good. Take that clue. Fine. You win immunity, Judd said. Then Cindy added, quote, she's not a front runner. She's not a threat at all, mentally or physically. She's not usually a front runner. One thing she's good at is shooting basketball. That's it. She would successfully use the advantage, win immunity, and the little engine that could would only gain more speed from there. Judd would go home next, followed by Cindy, reinforcing that the car curse was still very much alive. She said she wanted to go against the toughest competition. She would end up in the final two taking Stephanie with her. Two jocks, two tough girls, she said. She would be cheered by the jury when they saw she had the final immunity necklace. And from there, the player that says she didn't fly under the radar, she beat the radar would win title of sole survivor by a six-to-one vote. A girl who knows exactly what she wants, she would turn down a spot on heroes versus villains. She wanted to play with the best of the best. Fifteen years from her win in Guatemala, at the age of 43, we would see her on season 40, Winners at War. Her life is full. Her resume is long and impressive from pageant winner, on-air TV personality, international model, entrepreneur, athlete to name only a few but she says the best thing to come out of her experience on survivor was meeting her husband casey at a fashion show benefit also a fan of survivor they now share not only their love of survivor but their two sons Bo, age 13 and stone age 10 i introduced the winner of survivor guatemala making her very first appearance on rhap who i still believe has one of the most underrated wins. The beautiful Danny Boatwright Vigman. Yes. Oh, wow. Man, thank hey, you. Danny. You just made my whole day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Danny. Danny, you have made our day and you have especially made Rob's day because go ahead, Rob. Tell her. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here with us, Danny. That this has been uh, an interview that I've wanted to do for a long time. We just watched Survivor Guatemala. So I am thrilled that you are up for coming on to talk to us. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. Oh, I, I mean, this is great. I, I'm so excited to spend my Thursday with you guys. Yeah. Hey, Danny, I got to tell her this because Rob, Rob's leaving us out. So, Danny, we started yeah. talking with T-Bird over two years ago. And before uh-huh. we started, Rob gave me a list. You know, there's been how many have that have played? 500 plus yeah, players? 590. 590 players. Okay, Danny, 590 players. Uh-huh. Rob gave me a list of 12 names that he wanted desperately to have on Talking with T-Bird. You were one of the 12. You were one of the 12, and here you are. Yes, yes. (laughs) Wow, I feel so honored. Well, I'll tell you what, after that intro, now that I'm a mom of a teenager and a preteen, you know, I never feel cool, never feel, you know, because they constantly are telling you you don't know anything and you this and you that. So I just have to thank you for that nice little intro. You made my day. I feel special. Good. Danny, yeah. I need to know how Bo's 
I didn't know how Bo's doing after the uh, Gonzago loss because oh. I saw on Instagram the videos yeah. and he looks like he was devastated. Oh, absolutely devastated. Like, that is his team. He thinks he's going to go play there. Um, I mean, he was, he's so passionate. It reminds me of when I was a little kid, I was that way about Kansas basketball and I would lock myself in my room and cry whenever mm-hmm. they would lose. And I've only got gotten a little bit better since then, but he's so passionate. So bless his heart. I've had it all planned. Y'all I'm going to a friend's house to watch this game with him. Cause maybe he'll act better, which he did, but there still were a lot of tears involved. But <laughs> today he finally felt like he could go to school. <laughs> yeah. Danny, I have two friends that cried when uh, UCLA lost, but that was more because of a gambling pool that they were in. Yeah. <laughs> I'd cry. I'd cry more too at that. <laughs> <laughs> they would have wanted a lot of money. Daddy, yeah. Daddy. Yeah. Yes. Who did Stone get his sportsman like emotions from? You or uh, his dad, Casey? No, 100% me. I'm the emotional one, very passionate. My husband's literally, he, he's a rock. He looks like a rock. He's built like a rock. He, I, he's just, he's so steady and calm. And so he 100% got it from me, not from him. <laughs> Yeah, Very for good. sure. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the Jayhawks in uh, Survivor Guatemala when you said you got to the Final Four. You said you felt like you had all the pressure on you because uh, yeah. they kept letting you down. Yeah, so I have to tell you, you know, like the, the state of Kansas and, and especially within like the Kansas City area, which Lawrence, where the University of Kansas is, is not far from Kansas City, right? Like maybe 20 minutes. And so the whole area it's such a small, big city and everybody's so supportive of their teams and of the local businesses and just local anyone. They're so supportive. And so when I was on Survivor, um, one, I felt the pressure from my brothers. They said, don't come home unless you win. Um, And then not the pressure from the city, but I love my city. I really wanted to represent. And our Jayhawks, you know, they're always do well in the tournament, but they hadn't won at that point since 1988. And so when I got into that final four, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in the final four. Like I'm representing my Jayhawks here. So you know what? I got to bring home a championship. So I felt a little pressure at that point to find a way to win that thing. And you did. And I did. And you found a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did it. You got through the cracks. I, y'all, after that, I was invited to come uh, to one of the KU games and be introduced onto the court before the KU Kentucky game. And um, I also was asked to host their late night uh, with Bill Self event, uh, the first practice before the season started. So they, they did involve me in some of the KU uh, basketball pageantry after my uh, Guatemala win. So that was a lot of fun. And they did go on to win the national championship a couple of years later. So. And, and Danny, I mentioned in the intro about that you actually met your husband, Casey, kind of through Survivor. I think that's a really cool story. Yes. Yeah. So uh, he's a big fan. And uh, one of my friends, her husband played for the Chiefs. And I, I actually had met Casey before just working in sports radio. But I just, I mean, I, I just never, you know, really got to know him or was really introduced. Um, until I was um, involved in the fashion show. It was a benefit fashion show here in Kansas City. And one of his former uh, teammates uh, and his wife introduced me because they said he's, you know, just such a great guy. And um, even though Casey and I are complete opposites, they thought we'd be um, a great, you know, it'd be a great connection. We'd be a great pair. And I guess they were right. But Casey's a big Survivor fan. So um, I, uh, my show, my season hadn't started yet. So it's kind of funny um, to go through the whole process of watching the season and, and 
and um, him getting to come along for that uh, survivor ride. It was a lot. It was a lot of fun. And he didn't know. The funny thing is they played Dallas the night of our finale. Mm-hmm. And want to know, he recorded it. And they had just um, boarded the airplane or getting ready to head back to Kansas City. And I think it was Priest Holmes that yelled out, our girl won. And everybody in the plane was getting excited. And Casey was just kind of pissed off because he didn't want to know till he got back home. <laughs> so he kind, of, he kind of found out that way. <laughs> so It's very funny. Yep. I just wish he would have had the same experience this time around. Oh, that don't happen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, Danny, Danny, how do you think the two of you guys would do you and Casey on a blood versus water? Well, first of all, we'd have no problem taking each other out. We're so freaking competitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be like, he's your biggest threat. Vote his ass out. <laughs> um, okay. It would be okay. I definitely, I definitely see where Stone gets it now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yep. Hey guys, it gets ugly in our house when we compete like in anything, right? When we're on the basketball court, we're on the pool, whatever it is, spoons. Oh, it gets bad when we play spoons. That game gets, it gets really physical. So yeah, we're a very competitive bunch. All right. So Dana, you were a, you were a fan first, right? And then I saw that your mom had encouraged you to apply. That's correct. And and that's it. And and you know what you have in common with Kelly Wigglesworth? She asked the same thing. Her mom is the one that encouraged her to apply. So you guys all really? uh, even go ahead. I was going to say y'all have a lot in common as far as being tough, you know, getting down to the very end. Of course you won, but your mother's had such an influence on your game. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. So my parents were actually the survivor fans first. Um, I did not watch the first season and they were the ones who were like, you have to watch this. You would love this. You would be so good at it. So then we started watching uh, season two together. And, you know, from then on, we just get together. It was big family events. I never thought about auditioning for it. And they were the ones that were like, you know what? <clears throat> you could win this because they're going to think you're, you're a certain way and not know how competitive you are. And I've always been underestimated just from being tall and skinny. People don't really realize how competitive I am one and how I can hold my own as far as being athletic. I'm, I'm pretty good. And so they underestimate me. My parents thought, you know what, that's what's going to happen out there. And um, they're going to leave you around too long and you could win this. And boy, by golly, my mom was right on the money. That's exactly what happened. But you know, you always should, are always told, you know, you should, mothers know best. Listen to your mom. Well, she did know best. And she was the one who encouraged me to do it. Even when I audition I'm like yeah right like I'm ever gonna get called back for this and next thing I know I was on my way out to LA for final casting I just applied once and literally there was no call back no anything I went to LA straight after I auditioned is there anything that could have prepared you for how difficult of a season Survivor Guatemala is it is striking to like go back and watch it anytime aware that I think that maybe like I have the two people on the line right now who might be able to settle this uh, it could be the hardest season that they've ever done of Survivor. Um, you know, it's funny because I'll ask, especially being an out winners at war, we'd kind of talk occasionally to the crew. You know, you really can't talk to them that much. And all the other you know, players that have competed in some difficult seasons like Ethan and um, compare like how hard it was, especially how hard it was back then compared to now. But yeah, everybody says that Guatemala was definitely one of the hardest seasons. And, um, you know, 
I don't, I think my life just in general prepared me well for that. And, um, I really, it, it, it sucked. Don't get me wrong. But the whole time I took it in stride and handled it pretty, pretty well. And I think that just, um, comes from the way I was raised and some things I had to overcome as a kid and, um, and being an endurance athlete, um, all those things really played, um, you know, it played into effect in my season in Guatemala and I was able to handle it. But let me tell you, it was a cakewalk in Fiji compared to, to Guatemala. Yeah. A cakewalk. But Danny, don't you think then that you're glad that you played in Guatemala as far as the conditions and the environment first? Because yeah. I was in Africa with Ethan. Yeah. I had nothing to compare it to. When you have nothing right. to compare it to, then it's all you know. Yeah. Well, in your seasons, I mean, that just sucked. Africa was terrible, too. So, you you know, and I'm so glad I played it first because let me tell you what. If I had done, like, something like Fiji first and then went to Guatemala, I don't know if I would have been able to handle it. I would have been thinking, oh, okay, this is going to suck. And, you know, but, oh, man, are the conditions different. Whew. Was it different, Danny, playing then from playing new, the new school game to going into playing the, I mean, the old school game to going into playing the new school game, you know, and plus playing with people yeah. that you knew or you knew of, was that more difficult than playing with strangers? Yeah. So I've always thought, I, I've never been a big fan of seasons with returning players. I understand why people, you know, like that because they get to see some of their favorites. But as far as truly being a Survivor fan, I'm not a fan of that because I don't think you can really truly play the game of Survivor if people already know one another. Uh, there's just too much that can happen before, you know, before the green light, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm just not a big fan of that. And I think um, it, it definitely did not work to my advantage um, coming back into a season with returnees, I would never turn down the opportunity. I always wanted to play with all winners, but I had, I mean, I knew people were connected. I had no idea how connected they were until I got out there. And, um, I thought, crap, it threw me for a loop. Once I got put on the tribe I was on and then got, you know, over to camp, I'm going, Oh my gosh. I, we better win. We better win immunity and win it quick, or else I'm screwed. I mean, obviously I'm the same person, but 15 years in between, a lot happens. When I got ready for Guatemala, I could really study the game. I could really prepare. I remember all day being able to work on things to get me ready to go out there and compete. So mentally, physically, I was ready. This time, one, a lot of things change. So physically, I'm still strong, still athletic, but like I have terrible arthritis in my thumbs like i had to get them shot up just so i could go out and play oh my god the game this time it um wow. and I also, um you know i have like i i have to have foot surgery and so like going out there with a kind of a bum foot so physically not quite the same right mm -hmm. mentally yes i'm still extremely mentally tough and i think that played an effect of being able to survive on the edge of extinction but i'm a mother now so you know mentally your first thought every day is like about my kids, right? Whether I'm here, I'm there, whatever. I'm thinking about my kids, thinking about my family. And just to get to prepare to go out to the game, I was lucky if I had 45 minutes a day to train. I'm lucky if I can watch Survivor because I work all day. And then at night, I'm taking kids all over to practices. On the weekends, we're traveling across the country to our kids' sporting events. Like, there's just not the level. Of, and Amber and I talked about this. 
we're trying to get food prep mm-hmm. together, meals frozen and put in the freezer labeled so when we're gone, our kids can be fed. <laughs> we're writing notes to them every day. So when, when we're gone, they have a note every day to open up while we're gone, letting them know we love them. We're thinking of them. It's just different. So you can't quite prepare the way you normally prepare when you're younger, when you're not married, when you don't have a lot of responsibilities that just happen in life as you get older. And my dad had passed away and I take care of my mom. She's in great health and all that, but I'm like her rock, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I was so emotional when I saw her out in Fiji's because I was so worried about my mom when I was gone too, because there was a lot going on with our, our family at that time that that also played into effect too, because, you know, you just can't quite be as prepared as you normally would be when you're younger and single. So long answer there, but hopefully that gave you what you needed. (laughs) You did. Did you have any pregame alliances going in? Had you tried to reach out to anybody before when I was at war, Danny? No, I knew um, Sandra, but everybody, and I knew everybody knew Sandra. Um, I, um, I, I had met her a couple of times and knew her, um, and Adam, I had met, we did a, like a, a one charity event together, but I was totally open for, you know, whatever to work with whoever. And I think if I had been able to survive a couple of tribal councils, um, and two where they started swapping up things that then maybe not having alliances, not having a pregame alliance, mm-hmm. not really, might work in, uh, you know, work for me, but early, definitely not working for me. <laughs> yeah. Were but, you surprised oh, at how uh, well all of the other players like uh, seem to have like, uh, like all of these like relationships uh, with each other to the amount that they are just like uh, talking to each other, like nonstop, like leading up to a season like this? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I figured like some of that was going on, but when I was out there, I was like shocked at how much they really had pre-gamed. I remember walking in the airport as soon as we landed in Fiji, and Sarah, who was somebody who I really wanted to work with and was hope, hoping to be on the same tribe, I remember kind of walking up. We're in gag order, can't talk, right? And she's kind of walking by me and and was saying how. Troy Zan said, you know, you, you need to work with Danny or, you know, whatever. I, I couldn't really kind of make out. She was just kind of whispering. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, let's first see if we're on the same tribe. And second of all, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> how many other people you talk to? I, you know, I don't know, but it was just funny how much they had already. So many of them had talked and worked and you got out there. And I guess there was Rob talked about how there was some, um, what they say, some sort of a, um, like a a a, 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 a a a diagram thing they had written up the who knew who and what and how they all were going to connect and work together. I don't know. It was crazy. So I, I, it was just kind of beyond me how intertwined everything was. Did you, the people that were out there, of, of all the people that were out there, there, was there anybody particular that wasn't there that you felt sure would be there? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I didn't think this person would be there, but I was hoping they would be. And that was Earl because yeah. I thought Earl is definitely yes. who I love as a winner and also thought I could work with. And, but I knew they had just um, had a baby and I guess the baby had been in, you know, uh, it was premature and stuff. So I knew like he wasn't going to come out there. I wanted Tina out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, first female winner, like I just, I really thought she should have been and was hoping that she would be out of another person. I felt like everybody, honestly, that I wanted out there 
Todd, I wanted out there, I thought I could work with him. Aris, like those are the people that I think every winner deserves to be out there. Um, the Sepia, like there, there's just people, all the people I really wanted to work with, none of them were there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you think you would have been able to, to have uh, a better like core group if you started on the other tribe? Oh, definitely. Um, Yule is someone who I wanted to work with too. And so I really was hoping like Yule and Sarah, um, I thought maybe I could work with Ben. And I, so I was excited when I saw him on our tribe, but then when I started talking to him, everything I said, he went and just said to Rob Mm -hmm. and said to everyone else and just threw me under the bus. Um, but yeah, uh, Sarah, um, and Yule, I thought, uh, Kim, that those were people, I definitely thought I would have had a better shot on the other tribe, but that's also easy to say after you, you play it and you get your ass kicked on the tribe you're on too, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, but yeah, definitely those were people. And I thought that they might've been a little bit old. I mean, I would, I, I think I definitely would have fit in more so than what I was dealt with, with the tribe that I was on. Danny, there's these, the women that were out there in a that Tina was not, Y'all to me are very similar, and I know you've all got your own different personalities, of course, but you mm-hmm. remind me as far as your determination is of Michelle Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. Parvati, mm-hmm. Kim Spradlin, mm-hmm. uh, Sarah. I mean, to me, you guys are all very similar as far as yeah. being very competitive, very tough, and very driven. Yes. Yeah, and we, we all talked about that, too, when uh, we, we all end up on the edge of extinction. Um, I thought that you know, it just that I really wish Tina would have been there. I thought they needed a little mix it up a little bit as far as the the women go. But I think you're absolutely right about that. One hundred hundred percent. Michelle is definitely someone who is underrated. I felt like as a strategic player, I think she's really good, and um, it really makes me upset that a lot of people were saying she didn't deserve her season. First of all, everybody that wins really deserves it, right? because they yep. got themselves to the end of the game. But um, she's definitely deserving as a winner. And I felt like on Winners at War that she definitely proved that. So, yeah, Danny, could you uh, talk a little bit about what it's like to uh, you spend time on the edge of extinction? Um, well, it was, it was miserable. <laughs> it was just so bored on the edge of extinction. Um, you know, we tried to make, I, I, I was really, when I first got to the edge of extinction, when I was there with Natalie and Amber, we actually were kind of um, enjoying ourselves. I was so miserable at the tribe I was on in the game that it was almost like a breath of fresh air when I first got to the edge of extinction. And, um, you know, we all worked together well. We were like, gosh, we, we really don't want anybody else to come here because three of us work so well together and we're actually enjoying our time. And then it started to get a little more, um, crowded and the dynamics changed as more people came. Um, but the thing is, is it was just so boring on the edge of extinction because in the game, I feel like there's so much, you know, you're thinking of, you know, um, aligning and this and that, and, you know, uh, w- working the game of survivor once you're in it, that it takes, it takes them and the monotony away from just sitting around where the edge of extinction, you're doing a lot of sitting around, but that also gives you a, a time to reflect on yourself and a lot of things that help you. I felt like I did um, a lot of um, 
you know, growing as a person when I was on the edge of extinction because I had time to reflect about some things and think about some things I want to work on. And I was really surprised that when Wendell came to the edge of extinction, I would have never thought Wendell and I would have become as good of buddies as we were on the edge of extinction. So that was a pleasant surprise. He really made my time there a lot of fun, made me laugh. We had a really good time talking about family um, and walking the beach looking for shells and stuff. And then Yule, when he, when he was there, he's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in your entire life. I'm like, you'll, you'll fell down the gifted tree and hit every branch <laughs> like a couple of times. Right. Yeah. He's like, those, oh, that, that, wait, that, that uh, what is the, the pinball game you play where it goes ding, 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 ding. I feel like he just hit every jackpot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's awesome. He's smart. Like he's everything. Um, but um, so when those two guys, I really got to enjoy my time on Edge of Extinction with the two of them. But let me tell you, two palmfuls of rice a day and then sitting around and listening to just people talk. I'm like, oh, dear God, Lord, this is boring. <laughs> so it got really. Dan- not Danny, did you, did, did Amber and Natalie, and I'm sure I know you already, did, were y'all really still focused and really wanting to get back in the game? Yes. Was it always on your mind that I'm getting back in? Yes, 100%. Now, I'm going to tell you, Natalie's a beast. That girl worked the edge of extinction. And she did great value. But we talked about that a lot. Like, nobody gave up. Everybody who came to the edge, um, I mean, I really, all our competitors really felt like that they had that shot to get back in. And um, I kind of started losing a little bit of hope at the end when I knew one, Natalie had all these coins like we knew mm-hmm. and was going to be able to buy every single advantage um, in the challenge. It would get a little discouraging because you're like, oh my gosh, but you never know. You never lose hope. All things are possible. And um, and I just, at the end, was starting to feel really depleted. Um, and so I was having a hard time just physically toward the end. Um, and, you know, people were eating peanut butter People were getting like mine got stolen, as you guys know, and that was something that really could have helped and helped sustain me at the end to have enough energy to maybe to compete a little bit better in like that coconut challenge at the end that would have given me um, some coins to give me a one little leg advantage in a challenge. It would have been huge. Um, Wait, I'm sorry, Danny. Your peanut butter got stolen? Yes. Yeah, I earned peanut butter. Oh my god! I I cracked. You you knew that? You didn't know that? That somebody stole your peanut butter? Yes. <laughs> that that, that I, I don't think Tyson. I knew this. Uh, I didn't know it either. Was it Tyson? Because he had peanut butter everywhere. No. So I, uh, Parvati and I, I had cracked the clue um, of um, one of the, the the challenges for us on the edge of extinction. And so she turns around. We were kind of working together. She, um, so she starts heading back and I said, no, it's back here. So we start walking back. And so she finds the clue before I do. And so she agreed and, and, and stuck to her word that we were going to, you know, share our peanut butter. So she found um, that clue, got the peanut butter. So we hit it and would go back every night would ration out to have one tablespoon of peanut butter a night, right. Yeah. To make sure um, to sustain us. Cause that one little peanut butter would go a sure. long way. It was her, Ethan and myself. And we would do that. And, um, Natalie and, and Rob, so, uh, sorry, let me back up. Parvati earned two and we were all working together. So she gave Rob Nat, and Natalie and Amber one. And then Ethan, Parvati and I shared the other one. And we were definitely taking our time, not eating too much of it, going to make it last. 
Well, Natalie found out where our peanut butter was. She comes, they not only eat theirs, but they stole ours and ate ours too. Plus she earned oh. more. So she was eating so well the entire time. And, um, and so, yeah, that just kind of sucked. And it really made me have a different view of Natalie. And I think she was just kind of thought it was funny and get over it. But I'm like, one, even if I wasn't starving, don't ever steal my food. Because after the first time playing Survivor, I am yes. <laughs> I'm very protective of my Whoa. food. Yes. And second of all, like, you know, it just, I, I, it started to make me feel a little bit differently about her. Cause I'm like, that's just, that's just a bully ass move. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that, 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 you know, that I just, that just didn't, didn't go over well with me. And I know it bothered Amber too. Um, but I just thought what was worse is that Rob and Natalie ate up all the peanut butter from Amber. And I'm like, Rob, that's your wife. <laughs> and then second oh of all, we all of ours too. And I'm like, I don't like either one of you right now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Did that play a factor in <laughs> you voting for Tony at the end? Well, I I would have voted for Tony no matter what, just because the way he mastered the game um, was absolutely incredible. So I would have voted for him no matter what. But a lot of stuff's edited out at the end. And at the end, I mentioned about my peanut butter. And I was like... Um, Natalie, I hope you enjoyed every scoop of that because it's probably the most expensive peanut butter you'll ever eat. Mm -hmm. So on the finale night, I, on my Instagram, did a little thing um, and uh, did a little thing about peanut butter and how to never steal one person's peanut butter could it be the most expensive peanut butter you'll ever eat. And people are confused, like, what is that? I'm like, well, the person who did it knows exactly what it means. And, um, And I thought, yeah, because... That does cost you. I would have voted Tony anyway, but you know what? I could have been maybe a little bit open at the end to hear at that final travel council. But after something like that, I'm done. I don't deal well. I don't deal well at all with, with bullies. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So, so Danny, I know you lost, I know you lost 30 pounds in Guatemala yeah. and you're five foot 10 inch frame. You got to 96 pounds. How much weight did you lose at Winners at War? Uh, it was about the same. I think I, I was really and truly about the same. I might, I might have been um, a couple pounds less at Winners at War. I think it came out 101 at Winners at War, and I was like 96 when I got out of Guatemala. So it was right. pretty much weight when I started. Yeah. All right. So I have to ask you about this because I know you and Ethan had a really strong bond. So Ethan told me that you and Ethan, that y'all had your own competition on the edge on whose ribs and hip bones could protrude the most by day 35. And he said he won. Yeah, he did. I'd say his, his ribs stuck out even more. Bless him. The two of us just looked so pitiful at the end. And Ethan is yeah. such a competitor too. You know, he, he, he is. And I felt like both of us were just kind of slapped upside the head with like how much the games changed. Right. And, um, I really wish I had a little more time. Ethan in the game, he didn't really give me a chance in the game to really like, uh, you know, to, I think he just kind of already was all about Rob and Parvati because he had already had these relationships with them. And, uh, Jeremy started lying. Like I was uh, said, I was going through people's bags and like uh, looking to see who had what and if they had coins and started telling everybody this. 
And that's why I started panicking. And um, they show a clip of me where I look like I've been crying. And I did because I kept saying, like, why do you guys not believe me? I didn't go through anybody's bag. Did you not watch my season? Like, I'm, I'm loyal. Like, I'm loyal to my alliance. And I'm like, why, are, why isn't somebody snatching me up? Because I, I, will, I will stick with my group. And he started calling me sketchy and all this. And I'm sitting here going, oh, my God, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Ethan, like, I think we're kind of the same player. Like, we can work together. He was just not giving me any chance. And then at the edge, we really got to know each other. And we had some fun times. And I think, it, you know, it would have been different if I'd had a little more time with him. Daddy, I want to ask you, I talked to, to Sandra, the Queen Stace Queen, right after Winners at War. And mm-hmm. she has left, obviously left the game because she knew she wasn't going to endure that for what, you know. But she mm-hmm. actually told me that after the game was over, that there were some other players on Edge of Extinction that says they wished they had left as well. I don't yes. imagine you would be one of those people, but she told me that. Oh, heck no. I don't ever leave. And my kids will tell you, like, that's the thing. When we commit to something, like if they commit to a sport or a group or an organization, you will finish that out. You will finish that season out, of whatever it is you're doing, because you don't quit. You just don't when you commit to something. And then, you know, when that's finished, you decide to go do something else. You can try something else. Fine. But if you start getting that quitting spirit in your life, especially at early age, that'll carry over into other aspects of your life. And when life gets hard, you're just going to quit. So we can't do that. So no, absolutely not. Because it's the way I was taught when I was younger. And it's still firmly what I believe to this day. There was, um, I remember Parvati one day was like really upset and had been kind of crying. It was one of those days it was cold and kind of rainy. And she would walk off and talk with Ethan a lot. So I think she was kind of really having a problem being away from her young child as, you know, it's hard to be away from your kids anyway, but especially having a kid that young, like Parvati did, how difficult it'd be. So she might've been one of those people thinking about quitting. And I know Yule was too, because his girls were getting ready to leave to go to um, Taiwan or whatever for the summer. Um, And when he got back, he knew he wouldn't see him very long. So he was kind of thinking, gosh, you know, maybe if I would be able to go back home from here that, you know, I I would think about quitting and going. So he'd kind of thought about it too. Um, and I think Ethan, you know, he would never quit, but a couple of times he got so sick that, yeah. you know, I think that that maybe weighed on him a little bit, but, um, but yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, nobody did. Uh, but yeah, I think there was a couple that might've really been contemplating whether they should or not, but heck to the no, never, I don't quit. <laughs> yeah. No. Mm-mm. And Danny, I had read that the greatest contestant, and you had said this a few years back in your opinion at the time was Tom Westman. Um, yeah. Do you, who do you still think is the greatest contestant? And were you disappointed not to see Tom out there? Because I'm a big oh fan God. of Tom as well. Yes. I mean, no one has dominated the game like Tom did. And like one of the first people that just kicked ass. I mean, he was incredible. And if Tom was the same Tom from when he won and now could play Winners at War, Oh my gosh, it, w- it would have been amazing to see him play. But, you know, for all of us, there's a lot of years in between, right? Um, and I think, Tom, I wasn't so shocked because I um, thought that he might have had some health problems or something. Mm-hmm. I- I'm not sure about that. So I wasn't really um, surprised to see him out there. But, oh my gosh, uh, Tom, definitely um, one of the greatest. I kind of go back and forth. Maybe you guys do this 
as well. But like, I'm like, yeah, Tom's the best player ever. And I'm like, well, no, Sander, because Sander won both times out first, you know, first two times out of the gate wins. Like, I, you know, it's so hard to really think who's the best. And I think like Sarah Lucina, I'm like, she's strategically, she's great. And she's a, a physical threat. I mean, there's just so many times I go back and forth to who I really think I feel is, you know, the greatest ever played the game. And then of course I love Tina and being, you know, my first season I watched. So I have, I'm, you know, I just love her. Um, but it, it's so hard, but definitely Tom was the first one to just open up that can and, and just destroy everyone and a challenge beast. And, and he controlled that whole game. How could you not think he was like one of, if not the best? And Danny, when I see people, players that have had to work their way up from the bottom, just like you did, Danny, I'm so impressed with your game. Just like um, uh, in Mike Holloway, the same way, winners that had worked yes. their way all the way up to win. Yeah. Those are the impressive players to me. Of course, Sandra, absolutely as well. But even, like I said, Mike Holloway, oh what, a, what a game he played. Yes. And he, now that you said that, he's one that I wish would have been out there too. A hundred percent would have been somebody I could have worked with. I mean, we come from the same Pentecostal background. So, I mean, you know, we'd be over there praying together. <laughs> well, Danny, we spent uh, so much time this week uh, going back and watching Guatemala during, uh, you know, we're watching all 40 of the seasons. And so uh, this week was Guatemala. And so I have so many questions to ask you about uh, your victorious run in uh, season 11. I guess, could we talk about uh, the uh, promise with Rafe where... Uh, yeah. that you and he had this bond and, uh, you know, uh, came on really strong at the end of the game when you were the last person left from your alliance. You and Rafe end up bonding over the family visit and, you know, you promise him, if I win, I'll take it to the final two. You do win that mm-hmm. final three competition. He releases you from, from that promise. Um, we were discussing mm-hmm. this and so there is a story that, uh, Rafe said that, you uh, weren't going to take him anyway, and he just wanted to release you uh, fr- from that promise. Could could you just talk through that decision? I, I yeah, I, I I don't know about that. But first of all, my alliance was first of all to Brandon, right? Brandon was my guy, okay, and um, and then I you know bonded well with Bobby John and you know everybody really on my original tribe. Um, and we all, so we all had like this strong bond and when our tribes got flopped, I really connected with Gary. And so like we had this group. So when we merged, we knew we had the odds stacked against us. Right. So I looked for any crack. I looked for any way. And I, I liked race. Had I been with race from the very beginning, then who knows? Right. But at that time I'm playing, playing the game and looking for the crack. And I found that crack. So I did. Um, were, I, I liked him and yeah, I wanted to be like, you know, loyalty to them, but my original alliance was with this other group and that's what I was representing. So I found that crack and it was to align with the head of the snake, mm-hmm. which was, was, was Stephanie and Rafe. So at the end of the, end of the day, Rob, I don't think, I mean, being the person I am, it's hard to like, okay do I take him? Do I not take him? Do I not, you know, I had this, cause I really feel like I could beat either one of them at the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really think, okay, you take the best of the best with you. And that's Stephanie. Like she's played before. She's a tough girl. She, you know, she's played a great game. 
and maybe would have given a little more thought with him had he not released me. But when he released me, for me, it was a no-brainer to take Stephanie. Um, but if he hadn't, I would have thought a little bit more about, well, maybe yeah, I should, maybe I shouldn't. But I thought that was a terrible move on his part. Yeah. Like, he should have really worked me. And maybe because of the, the kind of person that I am, if he had really walked off with me and talked to me about, you know, this and that and other thing and how, you know, we bonded so much on some stuff and then maybe I, I would have taken him, but I honestly thought the end, when I was up in that final challenge, I wouldn't challenge, I win the game mm-hmm. and it didn't matter. And in the end of the day, I think you, uh, the final travel final or sorry, in the, in the finale, everybody said they would have voted for me even over race. Yeah. So, well, even Jeff Probst, <laughs> yeah, even Probst, even Probst said, "Why would you do that?" When when he said, "I release yeah. you from any promise you made to me," why? It, I, why would you do that? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. And you know, the other thing too, when we were in that final challenge, we're all up, lean up against our pole, and we can't yeah. touch, you know, our hands. Uh, on the well, Rafe actually did it twice. Jeff didn't see him. And I kept thinking, look at him over there. He's touching that pole, re- uh, you know, adjusting himself on this thing. Like, and, and we're not. And I'm like, and finally, Jeff did see him on third time, which, you know, took him out of that challenge. But um, yeah, I, I, and then here I'm sitting here thinking, Stephanie was battling yeah. in that challenge. I had a bit, I was hurting. I was hurting. I felt like I was going to throw up. I was hot. You know, I felt awful too. But I had a little bit of an advantage over her because I had a little longer leg. And she was struggling. And that girl fought every second to try to hold on. And I thought, you know, she, she deserves to be in that final, too. You didn't look like you were in pain at all. Mm. Hold on, y'all. Let me tell you, that's the competitive nature and the actress in me. I was like, okay, she's not, she's not falling. So what are we going to do here? So I started twirling my hair and yawning. And they edit so much out, you know, and I remember Probe saying, Danny, you look like this is absolutely nothing up there. Y'all, I thought I was going to throw up. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hot. I'm hungry. All I could think about was brownies. Like, I'm going to eat brownies here soon. And I can't wait. And I'm like, okay, wait, get focused. Act like nothing's bothering you. And when he asked that question, I said, oh, yeah, Jeff, it sucks. I said, but you have to remember, I'm a, I'm a marathon runner. I grew up with seven, but like, this is nothing compared to that. And I just, the whole time it was, I was just trying to work on her mentally to make her feel defeated to where she'd give up. You know, with the Rafe being, releasing you from that promise that when I was watching it back this week, uh, I was thinking, I wonder if Rafe felt like, oh, if I release Danny from this promise, you know, I'm not voting Stephanie out of the game. It's almost like that, you know, I'm going to, you know, wash my hands of any responsibility for what's going to happen to Stephanie. Like, Danny will do the right thing, and I won't end up, you know, getting any of the blame for that, that I made this other deal outside of working with Stephanie. Oh, I think you're 100% right. Absolutely. I think you're 100% right, and it backfired. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Can I ask about uh, Gary Hogaboom uh, slash Gary Hawkins? Because... It was such a big deal in the beginning of the season where you were the one that you uh, you spotted him, that you uh, were able to, to recognize that it was him. Uh, you said something to Brian Corden. He uh, ends up calling Gary out about it. No, 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 that wasn't me. Uh, you know, I, I, I went to uh, that school, but, you know, that, that wasn't me. Um, but then ultimately, you end up like be having Gary as the closest of allies did Gary ever say to yeah. you, yeah, like, uh, like, all right, just lay off the, all right, I'm Gary Hogaboom. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> he didn't. But let me tell you, when I said that to Brian, I was hoping because I knew Gary'd be a threat. And I'm like, maybe this will cost Brian and they'll vote him out. You know, like I was trying to work on creating chaos with their group. Um, but then I'm like, you know, he's going to deny it. And nobody's going to believe me, right? They're just not going to. And, um, and so I thought that was funny. Well, that didn't work. So then when Gary and I, when the tribes get swapped, like we had so much in common and really bonded. And the whole time I kept telling him, I know you're Gary Hogan. I know you are. And he's like, well, I'm not. I'm a landscaper. And it's funny when you watch the season back because when he says, I went to that school, but I didn't play for that school, you'd think they'd be smart enough to go, well, what's the, what's what are the, the chances? You know, the chances? <laughs> 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 that school. I was like, you idiot. <laughs> um, but I have to tell you, Amy on our season was one of my favorite people I've ever met in my life. She's so funny. And she would say to Gary, she'd swear like a sailor, right? And she would say, I better not effing come home and find out that you're not uh, effing uh, Gary Hawkins, but Gary Huggleman, I'm going to hunt you down, mother. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to hunt you down. And then, of course, she <laughs> <laughs> about it. She was so funny because I'm sitting there thinking, well, he is, and I can't wait to watch this all unfold. <laughs> but he never, Danny, he never broke character once with you. you did you just let it go? No. Yeah, I just let it go because at that point, I'm, you know, I, I have this alliance with him and I really like him and I knew I could trust Gary. And, um, and so I was like, we're just going to let that go because we don't want anybody else to think that, you know, at this point, we want him to think he's just this middle-aged landscaper that happens to be built and look and think just like a quarterback, but you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, yeah, I did. I, I, I just let it go at that point. So, and you know, what's funny one of the challenges that we did where we had to throw yes. like these little hatchets. So I said to Gary later, I go, Gary, I know you're a quarterback and um, you know, I don't know why you didn't step in because you could have just nailed all three of those boom, boom, boom for us. And um, later on, after everything was you know done and we were done shooting, I asked about that. He goes, well, he was afraid that that would give it away if he did it. I said to him, no, I think it's because if you did miss all your friends back home and be like, boy, Gary, you really <laughs> lost it. <laughs> yeah, I, have to, I was thinking the same thing when I was watching that competition back because I'm like, this is like the NFL combine. Why isn't Gary yeah. throwing these things? Like, it was like they put it yeah. out there for him. Yeah, but then he was like our coach, if you notice, because he was running the challenge for us. So he had Brian start off. And then when he saw Brian was missing, He's like, Danny, you're in, go. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I nailed it on the second throw. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, I knew you could do it. And I was like, mm-hmm, that's the coach coming mm -hmm. out you, Gary. These people are just a bunch of idiots. <laughs> so it was funny. He was such, so much fun to play with. I have to tell you, my season in Guatemala, like truly, I thought we were going to end up being one of the most boring seasons because one, they almost killed us. And T-Bird, you can probably relate to that. Like you're so... Uh, depleted that you're laying around a lot and we're not giving them really anything because we're laying around with diarrhea and so like we're laying around you can hear each other's stomachs sounding like people are walking through a swamp you can hear I remember Jed laying next to me one time and he's like what the hell was that and I'm like that was my stomach <laughs> and he goes it sounds like somebody was walking through a swamp I had diarrhea so bad and then we went to do that basketball challenge and I remember asking one of the producers I go well what happens if I crap my pants on national TV are you going to show this and he's like, well, no, we like to give you a little dignity. You know, we, we, no, don't worry about it. And thank goodness that challenge, I ended up not crapping my pants and I slayed the challenge. But I'm like, I thought we were going to be a boring season because we really just physically had nothing left except 
enough to go get water, enough to, you know, build the fire and just get by. Uh, and, oh, my uh, God. It, it was really tough. But, but we all enjoyed each other. Like, there was not a whole lot of drama. Like, they really had to work on editing to make it look like we had uh, a lot of some drama because we really didn't. Even Jamie and Bobby John and, and Judd, that, yeah. they, they had to manufacture that, yeah. Danny? Yeah, the, I mean, there was tension between those guys, but it was only really in the challenges. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much back at camp. Like back at camp, when we had merged, remember we had the numbers stacked against us, yes. and so they the they would sit around and laugh at us as we were trying to get wood. We were trying to do what we were trying to do anything that made us look valuable to want to keep us around. And um, and so Bobby John was really Bobby John is a great worker, right? Like he's a man's man. He'd get out there and get things done. And so he was busy, which is probably a good thing because then maybe there would be some fights, but otherwise nobody had any energy except for the adrenaline that would kick in and challenges. And then they would kind of argue about that, but that's, that's truly it. And I think outside of the game, they've all been pretty good friends. Were you upset, um, Danny, about the, uh, the car when Cindy decided to keep the car for herself um, instead of giving it to the other four of you guys? No, so did, that gonna, play, did that play a part in her getting voted out? Absolutely. And I was going to use that angle too, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm the odd man out here. And when that challenge happened, the first leg of the challenge, like I flew through that balancing. And then um, we had to throw those, um, we had to break the tiles again, that kind of thing. And so I was like, I first, first one I threw, clipped the tile. And I was like, crap, you don't want to win this challenge. Remember, your mom said, don't win the car challenge if you're if you make it to that. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was like, you don't want to win this. You don't want to win this. So when Cindy won it, whoever it was, I was like, okay, it's great. You know, you don't want to win this. When Cindy won it, I kept thinking, don't give us a car. Don't give us a car. Don't give us a car. And I was so glad she didn't, but I thought she would. And if she did, then I was like, how am I going to work that angle to try to, you know, get her out? Um, so either way, um, you just, obviously it was the curse of, of the car. And I was so glad that she won it. <laughs> um, now, did you really care about not getting the car? Or I, it's we see that you are alone with Rafe during that time, and he is uh-huh. very upset uh-huh. about that. How could she not give us the yeah. car? She had the chance to give us a car. Were you yeah. sort of like fanning the flames of that during? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yes, I'm like he is mad, and this is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, um, yeah, no, definitely. I, um, I, I had a really good car already back home and so I didn't need it. And, um, and I'm like, you know, it's one of those things you don't want to get distracted. You keep your eye on the prize, what you're there to do. Right. So, and, oh, I have to tell you all, this is so funny because my brother's one would have been mad. Everybody would have been, would have been mad if I won that challenge and if it would have, you know, uh, kept the car, but, um, either way, she's mad because we're like, you don't win that challenge. My brother that came out for the family visit, when everybody came out to start bidding on getting your family member, my brother was over there looking at me and like saying, no, no, don't, don't bid on me. Don't bid on me. Like, don't do it. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, I feel like I had to bid a little bit just because like, I was going to look like a terrible sister, mm-hmm. but I did like maybe 20 bucks or whatever. And I knew the rest of them because they were talking behind us thinking it was going to be a family visit. So they were all saving their money. So I spent my money. As you guys know, I got food. I got that clue and I could not believe nobody voted for that or a bid for that clue. Couldn't believe it. But anyway, yeah, my brother was like, no, because he knew like, 
you know, you, 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 you don't, there's a certain things you don't do. You've got to stay focused on what it is that's going to, you know, win you the overall game. So that was funny because he knew he was on it. Danny, can I ask about your birthday party? I looked this up. So July, was it July 13th is your birthday? Yes. Okay. Yep, so, that's so, uh, you have a birthday and then there's a scene where there's, this is unprecedented in survivor history. You and, uh, mm-hmm. and Yusha row to Nakum and say, Hey, do you want to come swim in our pool for our birthday? And I was just wondering, is that an idea that, that you have? And do you say to the producers, Hey, can we do this? Or do the producers say, Hey, why don't you invite the other team to come and, uh, spend yeah. some time at the pool? Um, no, I thought of that and I just, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, what, what the rules are. They don't give you like a rule book, right? Before you go out there. So I just cleared it real quick with one of the producers. I was like, Hey, can I, I mean, will this get me kicked off? Can I do this? And he's like, was basically just kind of looking at me like, mm, nope, like you're, you know, you're okay. And so I was like, what a great opportunity to kind of try to, you know, invite that other group over, have some fun but totally use it as, oh, it's my birthday, no gameplay, when the whole thing was gameplay, right? Like you want to get them over. You want to see the dynamics of the other tribe. You want to already kind of start working in case, you know, that merge is coming up soon. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it was definitely uh, was my idea. And um, sometimes I think that's just something that really was overlooked in Survivor in general, because I don't uh, think that's ever happened. Maybe one other time was it that they went to the other camp. Um, but anyway... I, uh, yeah, so that was definitely, um, my idea. And it was also kind of fun that on my birthday, we won a reward and we had got to zip line through yes. the jungle and then eat a whole bunch of chocolate. Oh, that was so delicious. Let me tell you about that too. When we won that reward, we saved, we got to bring food from that reward back. And we kind of, again, tried to save our like chocolate covered espresso beans and all that kind of stuff and nuts to kind of, um, you know, get us by every day to have a little bite of something. Well, the merge happened shortly after that. We had some stuff left over from it. And I remember um, as soon as they were bringing all of our stuff from our camp over to their camp for the merge, that Cindy immediately walked out to our boat and our things and all of that and just started going through everything without asking, without whatever, just seeing what we had and like, oh, they have some honey and started sticking her finger in the honey and eating it and just kind of like, totally taken advantage of us. Like we thought it was really rude. And I was just really keen on picking up on everything that everyone did. So you, you, you take all this knowledge of what's going on. So you have that as a weapon that you might need to use come tribal council, Mm -hmm. or if somebody's trying to to work on, well, that person's really doing this guys, you know, and it gets them thinking and um, just being observant of everything that's happening. But I thought that that was really ballsy of her to go over and just start rummaging through all of our stuff and eating all of our food from like our reward. And um, it's just funny how some people, the simplest thing you would think not to do that they just, that they do that can hurt them in the game. Anyway, she, she pulled an Natalie. (laughs) Oh no, you hate that. that. (laughs) I always like to ask people, is, is there nothing sacred you know, as far as going through people's bags or taking things, is there nothing sacred to get to the end on Survivor? Well, I just think, first of all, let, let me tell you this. I grew up with a bunch of brothers, and so they were always going and getting my food before I did, right? Mm-hmm. And so that all just makes me bad. And to this day, don't mess with my dang food, right? 
And I feel like that's the one thing that people should really know, like, you shouldn't do that because you want people to vote for you at the end. You don't mess with people's food, right? Um, and then uh, bags too. I mean, I guess it's smart gameplay for some people to do that, but it's just not something I would do. And that's why I was so thrown off at our challenge. And Jeremy was going off on me saying I went through my through everybody's bag. I was in tears. And um, But yeah, I just, I guess, especially nowadays, it's all bets are off. Like just, you know, go for it. Just I take advantage of people, but golly, I think that you'd be smart enough to know that that that's going to bite you in the ass in the end. Now, Danny, you referred to yourself uh, in the Guatemala reunion as uh, the stealth bomber. Uh, Not just you didn't fly under the radar; you beat the radar. You talked about how uh, that the other players uh, never saw you coming. But I feel like over the years. People have sort of like uh, also looked at that or described you as the stealth bomber in terms of not necessarily giving a lot to the production as being uh, the stealth bomber. Can can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, first of all, the guys at Whiteman Air Force Base um, over here in Missouri, the ones that gave me that name um, and they fly the stealth bomber and they're big survivor fans. So I thought that was kind of cool. but, uh, yeah, you know, it, I get mad when people talk about being under the radar. There are some players that play under the radar, and I felt like I really did beat it because I was not under. I mean, I won challenges. I made moves. That's not being under the radar. So I get a little, I get a little upset when people say that. Um, but then, um, as far as production goes, I just was kind of figuring out early, Rob, that there were some things that were being said um if people would come back to camp and they're like yeah they were asking us about you about like your weight you think Danny will be able to to be able to handle this she's already so thin and I got so mad I remember going into one of my confessionals and I said to the producers I said hey you know somebody came back to camp and said that you guys said you know are you worried about Danny being skinny and whatever I'm like I've been skinny my whole life I'm an endurance runner like don't be putting that thought in anybody's head that pisses me off because I'm here to win and I remember saying that, and I thought, oh, dear God, they're going to hate me. Um, and then every question they'd ask me, I could, almost like I could kind of figure out what was going on in the game. So I was being very cautious with the information I was giving to them because I didn't want it to be used to where somebody else might find out something that I don't want them to find mm-hmm. out. So I didn't, I kind of just gave them everything the picnic in Kansas in September answer because. Um, I didn't want to give out too much information. Um, I, I wasn't there to get a lot of camera time. I was there to win. So, um, yeah, so that, that's why I did. I just kind of was like, wow, there's a lot of stuff you could pick out, pick up on just from what they're asking you. Were you getting a vibe that, that you not that anybody had like a thumb on the scale or anything like that, but uh, like in a perfect world, were you getting a vibe that they were hoping to see Stephanie end up being the winner of the season? I kind of got that vibe from the beginning when I saw that her and Bobby John were back just because of the, 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 how she had such a big fan base and that maybe they needed or not needed, but wanted her around for a while because you know, the, 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 the viewers would like that. And I felt kind of just from my knowledge of being in the industry as much as I was before playing on Survivor, that this, if I had been on the same tribe as her, I would have gone after the voter. I probably would have liked her because I did like her when we were playing together, but uh, would have voted her off right away. 
Um, but I, I think that just from the beginning, when I saw the two of them back on here, like, okay, they want them on here for a reason. They're asked back for a reason. And you need to get them off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I think absolutely, because that was part of the big story. And if that's taken out right away, well, then that's the big storyline of that season. So um, I really felt that that w- might have been the case. So, but then they didn't vote her off. And then I felt like I really could work with Bobby John and him being loyal like him. So they both stuck around a while. Mm-hmm. And look, and it happens yes, in sports too. That you know, I'm sure that the NFL is always uh, hoping for your Kansas uh-huh. City Chiefs to do well because they have a big superstar on their team. That that's you know how these things go. The big players they get the calls, and then everybody else has to try to knock them off the pedestal. Or the markets that are the bigger markets, maybe not necessarily Kansas City with the superstar, but we're a small market. Mm-hmm. So you want a Super Bowl that's going to have the big markets in there. You want them around. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For sure. I know when we talked to uh, Cindy uh, at the end of last year, she was not loving on the idea that they were put back on there. But I would think, especially for you, coming into it, seeing two two returning players that are such big names and so popular, that that would be a really good distraction and think, good, you know, everybody's going to be paying attention to them. This is going to help my game. Yes. I, you know, it's funny. Cindy and I being on the same tribe, thinking the same thing. It's funny. They, they probably knew that we would, because look at the girls that they put on Stephanie's tribe. If she'd come right over, Cindy and I probably would have, because she knew like get, get, get rid of her Mm -hmm. right away. Uh, but the funny thing is, uh, Cindy ended up being like super close with her um, when the tribe merged. And I remember Gary so hard trying to be like, they, they were all so in awe of her. Like you couldn't get them to break or get them to understand that she's running you all. Um, but, um, you know, maybe at the beginning it would have been a little bit different. But, it all, you know, there's many ways you can work that tool to your advantage, though, too. It's somebody maybe you can hide behind because it's somebody you can always take out at some point or... You know, there's there's so many different ways to look at that. But I just, like I said, wasn't happy with the two of them coming back right away because I'm like, no, this is our time. And also being an athlete, if I've run a marathon once, okay, I learn a lot from that. And if I'm going to run against somebody now who's never run it before, I have a huge advantage over them because I know how to run this marathon and I have the experience of it. So I thought of that with them. Like, this is a big advantage, guys, for them over us. They know this game. They know what to expect. And that's not fair. Why I don't like people who have played the game before, especially getting to play mm-hmm. against people who have it, because that, that's a big, big difference. One of the votes in Guatemala that I wanted to ask you about was the vote where Blake ends up uh, going home. And what I thought what that was interesting mm-hmm. about that was that when you come over to Yasha, you come over and uh, the former Nakum has numbers. Uh, and, and stop me if I'm getting a- any part of this wrong, but it's, uh, it's you and it's, uh, it's you, Gary, Blake, uh, Bobby John and, and, and Brandon. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. It's you, uh, not Gary. Uh, it's, it's you and the three guys. Uh, and then you end up voting out one of your own. Uh, you and Bobby John ultimately flip against Blake at that vote. Yeah. The episode yep. made it seem like uh, bait Blake and it was, you know, uh, Brian was getting Blake to uh, talk about himself so much. You even say in the episode, he's got like this yep. frat guy stuff going on. You don't like yep. that. Is that the reason why uh, Blake went home or was there any other part of that? 
Yeah. So I was never a big a fan of, of Blake in the game. Like I just didn't quite trust him. I never really bonded with him. I was, you know, with Bobby John and Brandon, but they, they liked him. They, they, you know, they were buddies with him and just felt like it was just part of our alliance, but it was Bobby John, Brandon and I that were the closest. Right. So uh, Blake, when he started talking at camp and it was very smart of Brian because he picked up on that right away. Mm-hmm. Brian's a very good player and Brian should play this game again. But anyway, um, they, he did, he baited Blake <laughs> and I was already, I was already, already in on that. Like I, I was over Blake. Okay. But he was trying to get the other ones against him. And, um, I knew we could afford if, you know, we had to go vote someone out him because I didn't trust him. I did not trust him. Like I trusted Gary. I, I, and I trusted, you know, uh, Amy or Brian, like I felt I could really work with that group. I, I trusted all of them more than him. I never trusted him. And especially when he started talking and the way he was talking about girls, um, was very, I thought inappropriate with women being around mm-hmm. him and grading. And, and I don't like that. And so I had, um, already been wanting to, to vote him out. So, but it, you know, they do, uh, you know, an editing, make it look certain way and like, you know, but I was already kind of o- over the Blake thing. And um, if we had another tribal like we did, I was ready to vote him out because I just thought he couldn't be trusted. And plus, he also was very good at challenges and he started feeling better. He's extremely athletic. And so I thought well, that that could be trouble if we get there to the end and we're all on individual immunity at that point. Mm-hmm. Did that answer your question, yeah. Rob? <laughs> yes yes definitely that uh i just wanted to uh to know if there was anything more to that because it is very unusual for you know you come in with numbers to uh vote out one, one of your own and then uh yeah uh th- th- that was interesting bobby john felt the same way and we were all we were so close with gary at that point that we were like yeah this is he he felt the same way i did about him and brandon just didn't want to flip brandon was so freaking loyal to like anybody <laughs> just wasn't going to do that, but he was okay because he understood. He's like, okay, if you guys do, he goes, but I just can't. So yeah. that's how that played out. Was there sort of like a like handshake deal though of like, okay, look, we'll get rid of one of our numbers, but if we go to tribal council again, then it'll be Brian where then, because it was going to be three, yeah. three after that. Yeah. Yeah. It was going to be, yeah, Brian next. And, and we all knew, yes, we were all, on. I mean, it was Brandon, Bobby, John and Gary. We were all the ones really tight. We're actually really tight with Amy, but physically she just, she yeah. was just, boy, she was in bad. She twisted her ankle so bad. And, you mentioned Brandon and how that you were uh, tight with Brandon. He was so much fun to go back and watch him. That he, he, I thought he was such a good narrator too. And it's a shame yeah. they never uh, found a way to get him back. Have you kept in touch with him? Because I know he's a Kansas guy oh. too. Yes, absolutely. Um, he went off into the military, so he's been serving our country. And I can't think of anybody more that I would want to start serving our country than Brandon. He's just a very special person. And, he was so funny. Some of his one-liners, I mean, that wasn't forced. That wasn't acting stuff. This is the farm kid from Kansas who's literally plucked from the farm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a survivor. And he was the only guy at the very beginning when our 11-mile hike that actually turned into, like, I think, 15 miles because we got a little off track from our, our compass and our map. Um that he his feet like the rest of us were you know we they were bleeding because we had such terrible blisters he wasn't feeling great but he did not stop working i remember he'd go puke and then he would go work where everybody else was laid flat on their back brandon that that that's where that farm strong came in never 
never stopped. And I was like, dang, this kid's tough. And he never played sports, you guys, because he was always too busy working on the family farm. And I remember Gary saying that, um, man, this kid should have played football. He would have been one heck of a linebacker. Like this, he would have been special. He Gary, is you're supposed to not around. be yeah. talking about football. He can't even keep his yeah. cover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was the other thing too with it. Cause I knew at that point, and this is when we had merged and he's like, yeah, man, I would have you play blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Gary freaking Hawkins. <laughs> this is just ridiculous. <laughs> Lane so, but, you know, Brandon, Brandon is amazing. He just lost his mom um, unexpectedly oh. um, a few months ago. And we talked in, but, you know, we message each other uh, and Jamie and Brandon and I are all very close. So, yeah, no, he's 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 just such a great guy. So I cried when he got voted I think, out. I think Brandon said you were the big sister he never had. Yes. Yep. And I, well, you guys, 100% had Brandon and I, that would have been it. Like, they asked me in travel camp, so you guys didn't see this. Um, Jamie said, if it wasn't, um, if this was you in this, like, situation, uh, you know, at the end, who would you have voted out? Gary, you know, Bobby John or Brandon? I said, well, I said, you know, I love you, Gary and Bobby John, but Brandon was my boy from the beginning. And that was the plan. Like, I would have taken him to the end. He would have won. I would have felt like I won because I knew just personally so much stuff we talked about um, and shared that I was like, ah, this kid, he just needs, he just needs this. And I would have been so happy to see him win. And Brandon and Brian, I know you were close with Brandon and, and, and Brian, both of them 22 when they played. Mm-hmm. Okay. You only get one pick. Which one do you want to come back for their second chance? Brian or Brandon? Brian. 100% okay. Brian. Brian. He, this, he knows the game better than anybody. <laughs> and I think Brian wants to come yes, back. Yes, I think that's right. Yeah. I think a lot of people... And, yep. and uh, Rob, on RHAP, didn't the listeners vote him for the Kelly Wentworth? <laughs> yes. That, yes. No, uh, everybody knows Brian food? wants to play again. It would be great. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Danny, do you have any good Judd stories that uh, he was such a character uh, to watch? I'm sure it probably wasn't always fun every second to be there uh, with him, especially like uh, in the early <laughs> days at, at Nakum with Margaret. But uh, he was so much fun to watch on the show. Oh, my gosh. He was. And he is such a character. After the show was over, I went and visited him. Um, I stayed in his hotel that he was a doorman for. Um, a couple of times in New York. So I uh, got to visit him and stay in touch with him. But he is a character, but he's so, he's so grumpy. Like I've just never been mm-hmm. so grumpy. And, and I remember when we first were in the game and seeing Judd physically try to adjust to the conditions in Guatemala was comical all on its own. Like he, I just swearing at the, the mosquitoes and talking about how, hot it was out there to hear him explain that and then he just didn't want to do much around camp he, he would now he would but the minimal right um enough to just get by because he was just absolutely miserable it's easier to take kids from kansas and take us into the jungle because the midwest we have a lot of different <laughs> i think we're just kind of farm strong we have this work ethic um you know we have a lot of weather conditions that we have to deal with here i feel like you can take us out and put us there, and it's not as much of an adjustment as it is for a doorman in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, the monkeys <laughs> were getting to him. It was it was uh, a lot. Oh my god! Yes, he'd swear at those monkeys. 
all the time. I just laugh. And then the one challenge, you guys, that reward that he won, let me tell you, we got to practice that a little bit before we went into the challenge. I was slaying it. Uh, Gary and I were. We were just hitting the arrow to the mark like all the time and thought, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to win this reward. Well, Gary ends up not doing great at all when we actually get into that challenge. Maybe he was trying to throw him off, mm-hmm. again, but I doubt it. Uh, but, but Judd, he could hardly even throw the arrow. Like he had, he couldn't get it down. He was swearing, he was frustrated with it. And then by some miracle, he has one perfect throw when we do the challenge. We have no idea how that happened and wins that challenge. And it actually worked out great. I'm glad I didn't win it because one, you don't want to make that decision of who comes with you for the challenge and all that jazz. And I also got my favorite meal, which was spaghetti and meat sauce. Mm-hmm. And I cried over mm-hmm. it. But Judd drank so much yes. and then comes back to camp. And <laughs> I couldn't believe nobody voted him out of that. Like Gary and I were really trying to use that against him, but just puking. And it, we would sleep by the fire normally, um, a few of us, because you'd keep the, 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 um, Oh, what do you call them? Uh, tarantulas away, right? And the, so we tried to sleep around the fire. They'd all sleep in the shelter, but it was raining so bad. So we all go in the shelter, and there is Jed puking and puking and puking in our shelter. And you can smell the rum yeah. in the puke. And I'm <laughs> telling myself, I was just kind of trying to think, okay, it's just it's suntan lotion. You're just smelling suntan lotion. That's what this smells like. Like trying to tell myself that so I could like try to sleep. Um, but they didn't vote him out after that, but I'm like, good grief. Why would somebody drink that much I on mean, Survivor? Ever, first of all. Especially on Survivor. Yeah. It was something. He was a character. <laughs> I honestly think though, you guys, like, even through Guatemala, I don't know about other seasons if people would say this, but even the winners at war, just with the the drama, the little, you know, facts you'll have by the seasons going on back and forth. At the end of the day, I feel like Survivor were all one big family. And if anybody was really needed you or was going through something that we really are all there to, um, to, to help one another and feel like we're just one big dysfunctional family at the end of the day, like really loves each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I feel that from very big, people. very dysfunctional. No. You're very dysfunctional. <laughs> That's <what's> so fun. <laughs> Hey, Danny, I want to ask you, I know you had a Kansas boy out there uh, with Brandon, but I want to ask you about the other Kansas boy you had out there, Jeff Probst. Oh. Um, I think I read where you said that, that, he gets, that he gets frustrated easily, but I also think I read where you said that he bullied you. That he bullied me? Uh-huh. Did you say it? Did Jeff you feel like you were getting... Okay. Well... No, I don't know if that you're maybe talking about this story, but okay. First of all, love Jeff Probst, right? Like he's, he's just, he's wonderful. And I really think he loves everybody that's been on his show. I mean, I really feel that way. Uh, Yeah, of course. Yes. uh, (laughs) Yes. A few that, yeah. Um, But for those of us that try to give him the best, I mean, I think he appreciates that and and loves all of us. And I really enjoyed him um, this last time on, on Winners at War. And, you know, I feel like he let his guard down a little more with this rather than like the first time around. Um, but I think he was really pissed off at the whole like Guatemala conditions. And afterwards, I've, I've heard some of the crew and stuff talking about how miserable that was and a lot of things that were going on, you know, of course, that we don't know about that these people were having to deal with. So I think he was just kind of agitated and frustrated our season anyway. But then there was a tribal council where he stopped. Um, he asked me a question. 
And I kind of just gave him a little basic answer. A lot of times, I you try to kind of act like you just really don't, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> You're just having fun and kind of hide behind that, right? So he asked me a question, and he got really pissed off. And so he stopped. He's like, "Stop, stop, stop!" Hey, he's like, "Boat right." I'm going to ask you this thing or question. And I want a real answer, not this pageant girl. You know, everything is picnic in Kansas in September. I want a real answer. <laughs> so he, he asked again and I smile at him and I gave him the exact same answer. <laughs> so, I was like, yeah, what are you going to do? Send me home. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I thought he kind of got that. He got agitated with me a few times out there. And I was like, well, I may act like I don't know what's going on, but I'm fully aware of everything that's going on right now and, and, and using it to my advantage. <laughs> when you gave the same exact answer, so, Danny, did he then just move on to somebody else? Yeah, you could tell it almost like was, he thought it was funny. Like he was like, had that, you know, because he showed some of his dimples. And you know, when he does that, it's a little bit of a smile. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of like this girl. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't know if he wanted to wring my neck or give me a hug. <laughs> <laughs> so, Daddy, you you mentioned giving him the uh, pageant, the pageant girl answer. So, with yep. the pageants that you've done, what is the tougher? Uh, is it more cutthroat, the beauty pageant industry or the survivor castaways, which is more cutthroat? Well, well, uh, uh, my Miss USA experience was tragic. Like they were awful. So, I'm gonna have to say that was worse than survivor but miss teen usa was a ton of fun so um but comparing miss usa or survivor i take survivor any day not nearly as cutthroat as that miss usa stuff Woo! Man. Wow. okay hey, you know what i'll tell you what's more cutthroat now or sports moms these people are crazy <laughs> yes how so <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like, well, first of all, a friend of mine and I just wrote like this uh, treatment um, because we're not screen, you know, we're not, we're not writers, right? It's not what we do, but I'm like, you can't make this up. So we came up with this idea. It's called going pro and it's a spoof on parents who think their kids are going pro. And it's all the, you know, these talented kids, they are talented, but it's like parents just enjoy the ride and let your kids truly gain what they're going to gain from playing at this level. And that is, learning to play as a team, learning to have, you know, work ethic, all the things that are going to carry over for them in life and not focus on so much of, you know, you think your kid's going to go pro because they're not. And it's just the way they try to, um, you know, out, um, you know, when you, when you have engage in conversation with them, it's almost like they make you feel like, well, your kid's good, but you're really lucky to be playing with my kid because he's so much better. And they compare Every, they're in competition in every aspect of their life, not just their kids on the playing field. I mean, even when it comes to casseroles, you know, <laughs> everybody's got a better idea for a casserole. I mean, it never ends. And it's so funny. And if you talk about one dysfunctional family, that's the crazy world of being a sport parent, let me tell you. And it's not just baseball, which we're in. It's, I hear it from soccer, gymnastics, volleyball. And it's just funny what you see go on in the dynamics in this world and I, I enjoy it but I we just sit back and laugh and my friend came out to visit me and she ended up staying for over two months and we started writing this because we're like you can't make this up it's too funny Danny I'd love to hear a little bit about your uh, sports radio background could you tell us how you got into that yeah so I um, actually was in a 
sports broadcasting. I worked at ESPN, right, doing fantasy football. And I loved doing all that. But sports radio was really where my passion was because you can really engage with the fan more, right? It's not as scripted and love taking the calls from um, the fans and, um, you know, uh, you know, debating or getting challenged or talking to it's so much more fun than doing the TV side of stuff. And how I got started in sports radio was just being um, local here from the time that I was in um, pageants as a teen, I would go to these stations and would do interviews with them and talk. And I was also an athlete. Um, and would you know sometimes get featured as like athlete of the week or whatever. So that's how I made the connection. Um, then I had, was gone from Kansas traveling around, but when I came back, I happened to talk to one of the guys who uh, ran one of the radio stations here in Kansas City, and we were just talking about sports in general. And he was really blown away by my knowledge of not just current sports that was going on, but past all the history mm-hmm. of sports. And so um, he knew like that's what it takes to really make a radio personality as far as sports goes you need to you need to know the game right not just current but history of it and um and then of course i wasn't intimidated by any kind of person um you know talking to them whether it be a caller or another personality and so that's just kind of where that started and i i started working um on a couple of of the shows and then got my own show on the weekend with two of the other guys and um yeah and it just went from from there it's really cool and I loved it. Radio, there's no money in radio, but man, it's so much more fun. <laughs> and I remember from uh, the fantasy show, and I've been a longtime fan of uh, Matthew Barry, and I thought that that was so cool when you were doing that. <laughs> yes, um, that was a lot of fun. And I was just kind of getting into fantasy football. So I was a little bit, um, you know, obviously nobody knows as much as Matthew Barry when it comes to fantasy football. But what was fun is I was always over on the side giving stats and talking about, you know, the matchups for the next week. And then the guys were over on the couch and they were really discussing fantasy football, right? Until about a couple of weeks into it, when my team was kicking everybody's ass, that Ron Jaworski said, hey, enough of you like over there, come over here and sit with us on the couch. And so then I got to sit with them and really discuss uh, fantasy football with them. And that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed working with that whole entire crew. And I still stay in contact with Matthew yeah. um, occasionally, but I love it. So I don't get to play as much now that I'm busy with kids because, yeah. you know, they take up every bit of your time. And he really blew up. I mean, his career uh, with fantasy football really oh. uh, took a juggernaut turn uh, from uh, way back when. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's fun to see because it's so nice when you uh, see someone, you know, starting out and they're super cool and friendly and to treat you like one of the guys and now to just be so successful that's a lot of fun katie what's your favorite spectator sport what's your favorite one definitely college basketball that's by far by far my favorite um i love all sports um but yeah no definitely i'm a college basketball fan through and through and what's your favorite sport to participate in basketball <laughs> okay. you know, I love basketball but you guys I told you earlier I have my thumbs are a mess like I'm probably gonna end up having surgery on them and um and I, I even like to go like grab a cup now I feel like a toddler I have to go two hands on because I can't grab so it's frustrating because when I go out to play basketball with my boys I'm a, I'm limited and it makes me mad and it makes me mad when they talk smack because I'm like listen if mom was you know, a hundred percent, I'd be schooling your ass right now on this court. So 
I, I don't want to hear it. It makes me mad because I love to play it and I love to watch it. And now because I'm, you know, old, I'm starting to hurt and can't be a hundred percent anymore. <laughs> so Bowen Stone, both are sportsmen. They like to play basketball as well. Yes. So um, Bo is a very good baseball player and that is why he didn't get to come out Casey and him for the family visit because he was in North Carolina for some tournament. Um, but they, they play everything, but both probably his best sports baseball and stone watch out because that kid is a football player and he is massive. Mm-hmm. He is not built like his mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said nope. with attitude and he's got that attitude. Oh too. gosh. Yes. He's so emotional. I go, you guys it's so funny because, he plays baseball, but when he goes to pitch, it's like he can't be stone cold. He can't be, you know, to pitch, you got to be calm, right? Because things are going to unravel. Things are going to happen. You're going to get hit. He walks up to the mound, hasn't even thrown one pitch, and he's already got his shoulders slumping, and he's just mad. And I'm like, buddy, we got we to gotta work on your poker face. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, he's a good football player. But, you guys, honestly, if if they ever do, and it would have to be, it'd have to be soon because I'm not any younger, but if they ever did like a blood versus water or the, the you know, parents that have played throughout, you know, with their kids or something along that line, Bo and I need to be on that season because Bo, the kid, no survivor, he finds anything. Like, I mean, I'm like, you, you would find these hidden immunity aisles. You would slay it out there. He's a great poker face. He's super smart. And I'm like, oh, watch out, survivor, because he'll be coming for you one day for sure. Yeah. So, so Danny, Bo's, so Danny, Bo is 13, so we're going to have to wait. You're going to hold out five more years, right? You can hold out yeah. with those thumbs for five more years. I hope, well, you know what, what we'll do is we'll just get the surgery now. And so hopefully I'll be, <laughs> you know, I'll be good to go by this. Do the rehab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, um, seriously, he, he wants to do it eventually. And I think, um, you know, if it's still around. That, that that might be a possibility and it would be a lot of fun to see him um, play it because I really think he's got every tool to um, to do really well on it. Stone, no, he'll get mad and yell at people and get kicked off early. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Y'all, I think we're going to see that one day with the kids. Like, like Rob, even with your two boys, we're going to see kids of these players play one day. I feel it. That yeah, would I be exciting. Yeah. I do too. We'll see who yeah, the first hey, one I is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rob's g- girls would probably be very good at it as well. Um, they're sweet. When they came out to a family visit, they're just darling. And I'll tell you, I get frustrated with Rob, right? There's many things like that's a whole nother podcast, okay? Do <laughs> on Rob. But Amber is one of the most amazing people too I've ever met in my life. And I am like, Rob, you hit the jackpot <laughs> with her. She's an incredible mom. She's so good with him because I'd be like, get your own damn sandwich, Rob. I'm not fixing it for you. Like, She's just, she's the perfect picture of like wife and mother. That is Amber, a hundred percent. But um, Rob's many things, but at the end of the day, he's so good to her and he's such a good dad. So I'm like, okay, Rob, you pass in my book, I guess. <laughs> you can look past it. <laughs> and Danny, yeah. Danny, this is a great way. This is a great way for me to segue because I know we're, we're, we're slowing down and get ready to wind it up. I did talk to, with Boston Rob. Uh, about you. And I know you guys kind of had a, you know, 
you, you align with Boston Rob and Parvati and Ethan, and I guess that kind of went off the ropes a little bit. But I wanted to tell you that Boston Rob said, uh, we love Danny. It was so great getting to know her on the edge. Unfortunately, I think we had different agendas in the game, and that's okay because mm-hmm. it's just a game. We have no yeah. hard feelings and wish her all the best. It was also great to meet her mom and her son during the family visit. That was from Boston Rob for you. Well, that's, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. And it's so cute because he actually referenced we. We. So, obviously, that was from Amber as well. Yeah. No, she's great. And I think uh, the way Amber and I hit it off on the edge of extinction, too, that uh, Rob respected that a lot because we, we had a good relationship on the, on the edge and have talked a few times since the game so I thought I was a good mom and then I met Amber and I'm like dang mm-hmm. but she we kind of compared some mom things and I'm like wow you really take it up several notches <laughs> yeah I feel like I came home a better mom after hanging around <laughs> her I'll just say that she's a yeah, she's a pro make, she's a pro quite a compliment yeah yeah I still don't make sandwiches for my husband though <laughs> <laughs> yeah he gotta go make his own day yeah no, just kidding sorry <laughs> But Danny, okay. thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. You guys were a lot of fun. And I just have to say, my season of Guatemala is definitely the most underrated season. So I like to encourage everybody who's just now become Survivor fans to go back and watch that season. And I would not put myself in the category of the best winners, but I'm by far the most underrated winner. 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, I'm going to go along with that. <laughs> I'm going to go along with that, Danny. Yeah. Thank you. Danny, so I, and Danny, I've been a fan of yours. Danny, I've been a fan of yours for a very long time. So if you look back on your, your Facebook messages, I have uh-huh. sent you so many. Before Winners at War, I was just telling you how I was pulling oh. for you because I really actually thought, you know, I was, you know, pulling for my Ethan as well. But I really felt like Ethan would be a target. I did not think yeah. you would be. I thought you were oh. really going to. We're going to fly under, I know, yeah. beat the radar, however you want to say yeah. it, because I thought right. you were one of those players that would not be a threat. Well, yeah, you know, I, I thought that too. Like, I really did think, like, as far as you talk about kind of under radar, lay low for a little bit and could have. But when I saw the dynamics and thought, well, if we lose early, you know, we're screwed. And um, But thank you. I appreciate that. I'm not a big social media person. Um, I try to post some things here and there because of just because of my business. Um, but yeah, like as far as messages and all that crap, I'm so bad at it. So I, I hate that I miss, missed your messages. So thank you so much for the, the support. I really appreciate that, especially from people who really know the game. All right, the tell game. us about your sideline. Tell us about your sideline chic. Uh, yeah. So uh, when I, when I retired from doing all that I used to do, um, I was like, I'm not a person who can just like not do anything and sit on my ass and eat bonbons. So I've always been a passionate about sports and fashion. So I just combined the two and started Sideline and Chic with one of my best friends. And it was really just kind of a fun hobby. And it's grown into a nice little uh, lucrative business. So um, we do a lot of game day apparel as well as just uh, regular fashion too. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun. And then being a local business here in Kansas City is so great about supporting local. So we've done really well. Uh, anything else you want to tell people to check out, Danny? Um, no, I, I think that's it. Just, you know, stick around a few years and, uh, watch, watch Bo. And then maybe you'll be interviewing him on your podcast there too as a future winner. Yes. All right. 
Uh, well, Danny, mark those words. Rob. This was so great. Uh, you totally delivered, and uh, so happy to get the chance to talk to you today. Yeah, same with you guys. Thank you so much um, for having me. And um, you know, anytime if you know you, you need anything, just give me a holler. Okay, shoot, shoot me an email. That's better than social media messages. <laughs> you got it. And, and you keep up with all the other seasons. Do you keep watching the show every Wednesday when it's on? Um, I try to. I try to. We have to record it um, because literally we are busy every single night. Um, and uh, so we do. My husband doesn't miss a beat. So, but um, we definitely keep up. So I do know, uh, you know, what's going on each season, but probably don't get to watch quite as intently as everybody else. Definitely not as intently as Adam Klein. <laughs> no, nobody does. Nobody does. <laughs> no. All right. Yeah. Danny. Hey, by the way, oh, Rob, let me, let me just tell you real quick, that little weasel, I was so pissed off at him in the game because he told me, you know, I think you could get Parvati, but you got to talk to Rob. So the whole reason I went to talk to Rob about Parvati was because of Adam. Like, I didn't think I was going to break up those two. And then you made me look like an idiot. And then he told me I had the blind side. So going into tribal, I didn't really say much. Had I not you know, thought that I didn't have a blind side, I would have stood up and laid it all out there. So I was a little mad at him, but obviously understand why he did it because he had aligned with Rob. So mm-hmm. I forgave him. And we actually, Adam and I have a pretty good little relationship now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's another great guy. Uh, look, Survivor is tough. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't regret ever playing, you know, either season, of course, definitely not Guatemala, because I love the game and I love competing and you never back down from a challenge. So you got to do it. Okay. Yep. Danny, thank you so much. And Danny, your your characteristics are perfect for the game. Absolutely well, perfect. Thank you, thank you thank so you. much thank for joining you. us. Yeah, thank you. Be safe, guys. And anytime, just let me know. Thank you so All much. Right. Thanks, Danny. Bless you too, Danny. Thank you, Danny. All right, there you have it. Danny Boatwright. Danny! Yes, T-Bird. Let me just tell you that our interview uh, on Talking with T-Bird was sponsored by our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it could be hard work, but you know what's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote. See how much you could save. It's Geico. Easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. What a great one, T-Bird. Oh, Rob. Yes, it was. You know, I had so much to talk to Danny about. And and it was kind of fun, too, because there were times, and I'm sure people will notice it, I had so many things I wanted to ask her and that I was worried about talking over you, which I do a lot, and I don't mean to, but all these things are coming to my mind, and you're trying to ask stuff. So anyway, I think we got a lot covered. I think we did, too. Yeah, a lot from Winners at War, certainly stuff I didn't even know from Winners at War. Uh, and then a lot of great stuff from Guatemala, which was top of mind for me this week. So, uh, again, great job, T-Bird. Thank you, Rob. And, you know, we had talked to her. I think she mentioned Sandra. And I had actually talked to Sandra about Danny this week because Sandra and the Queen States Queen is always so great about getting back with me immediately with anybody I ask her about. And she's I didn't tell Danny this, but hopefully she'll hear this now. Uh, Sandra had said that she visited Danny uh, in Kansas and that she's a true sweetheart. But then the Queen States Queen said that she actually tried on all of her different pageant crowns, her big and beautiful Mm -hmm. pageant crowns. And I thought, how appropriate that the Queen States Queen has got on all these big crowns. So perfect. I hope Danny hears that because I thought that was kind of fun. T-Bird, do you have any crowns? 
I do not have I do not have any crowns. I was I do not. Well, actually, I, I have one crown from high school from my high school pageant. Oh, but and you but still Ron, have it. This is, I, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. And I won't even. T- I'm going to tell you. Guess what I did for my talent? Hmm. Sing. <laughs> uh, Rob, have you heard me sing before? Yes, every podcast. And and I, okay, I actually got lucky and won the pageant. Do you think I sang and got that lucky? Hmm. Did you dance? I did not. Hmm. All right. One more guess. Strike that. Strike two. Strike. Yeah. What was it? Okay. I'll t- I'll tell you. I did comedy. Oh. I did a comedy. I did a comedy skit. Can you believe that? I actually dressed up like Tinkerbell. Yes. I was kind of a like a little sassy Tinkerbell, and I actually won. What? Are you kidding me right now? And so, Rob, this is so, this is fun because, you know, when you go on Survivor, they ask you in all the forms and applications that you fill out, they say, what will your strategy be? And it's the same thing. You know, you had to have a sponsor in high school back in the day. And um, the group that sponsored me, the club that sponsored me, I said, you guys, I would like, I'd like to be in the pageant. And they said, but what are you going to do? And I, because they know I, they didn't know I didn't have anything. I'm like, I'm not sure, but I'm going to figure it out. And it's the exact same thing I told Survivor um, when I filled out, you know, kind of like what Danny, I heard Danny say in the interview too. Um, how will you play differently from at Winners at War than you played in Guatemala? And she says, you know what? I'm not really sure. Just have to wait till I get out there and kind of see what the dynamics will be. So anyway. That was my strategy going into Africa. Yeah, it's like Basically, a podcast. My you can't script going into it. The pageant. That is exactly right. You just kind of run with it. It's like yes. it's like running with scissors. It's like running with scissors. No, so. it's not like yeah. running with scissors. No, no. Oh, it's not. You were it's on not? a roll until it said running with scissors is bad. You shouldn't shouldn't do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <It's> bad. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I thought it was fun that Sandra was trying on the the pageants. Uh, the crown. So that was fun. Okay. So what about this? I was thinking about you. So the blood versus water, when Danny goes back and plays with her son, uh, Bo. Yeah. I figured, are we going back? Are you going back? Well, Dominic's what? Eight? Dominic's eight. He's the oldest. So yeah, he's, which yeah, one he'll are be you taking this back year. with you? Yeah. Dominic or Anthony? Uh, Dominic is the survivor player. All right. So it'll be Rob and Dominic, and it'll be Danny and Bo. Mm-hmm. I'm loving no, it. I want to go with Nicole. I'm loving it right now. I want to go with Nicole, T-Bird. Oh, you want to play with Nicole? Okay. Mm-hmm. So are, are you going to be like Danny and her husband, Casey? Will you be going after each other, or will you actually work together as a team? T-Bird, you, you think I can come home after I vote my wife out of Survivor? <laughs> no, I don't. All right. Would you... Let me ask you this. Would you still... Her peanut butter, like Boston Rob, sold Amber's peanut butter. Uh, she would not eat peanut butter. She, the, the, the T-Bird, this is your going down a road of like uh, that she, I did not think would s- still that she, what she doesn't like, she doesn't like. And I don't think that Survivor is going to change her food taste. Okay. I would say, Will oh boy, you? I'm starving. I might eat a food I don't care for. Uh, I don't know if she would. All right. So would she do it? Has she said she'd do it? I think she might. I think she might. I don't think she'd really be like dying to leave, but I think that she would be up for it. 
You mean dying to leave, like leave to go out there or get voted off to leave to come back home? No, I, I don't think that she would be dying to uh, leave the boys. Um, you know, I don't think that it's like something that's like a drink uh, on her bucket list. Right. Okay. Well, speaking of bucket lists, so Rob. Yeah. Danny was on our very, very first original list of 12. Do you still have it? And we have to get her on talking to get on talking with T-Bird. So now we have done nine of the 12. What? Is that awesome or what? So we've got three more on the list to do. And I know the, the, the RHAP listeners are probably thinking, who are those three on the list? Who are the three on the list? So, um, do you remember who they are? Rob? I'm, gonna, uh, I'm sure it's Colleen Haskell, Greg Lewis. Are you going to say and, it out loud? You, uh, whoa, hold on. Well, you well, we're say never going to get them, so that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but I'm trying to think of who the third one is. Who's the third? Yeah, wait, wait. Ye of little faith. What do you mean we're never going to get them on? Mm, maybe you Greg. Maybe this. Greg. Never Colleen. Well, okay. Greg wasn't on the list. Oh, he wasn't? Who was, so who was it? He what? Okay, Greg was not on the original list. Yeah, who okay. else? So who else was it? So, all right, who did you, you said Colleen? Yeah, right. Okay, who did you say next? Who else? Sue Hawk. No, you might have had her maybe on maybe. the second one, but no, she who, was not uh, on the original list. So who else? Colleen, Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Oh yeah, we'll never get her. And Lil. Oh, and Lil Morris. Rob, don't Lil, say Lil never. Lil is far and away the most attainable of those three. Well. Okay, that's well. You're that's saying funny it's easier to get Elizabeth three, Hasselbeck or Colleen than Lil. Well, you know it's so funny because I have worked on all three. Of course, at, up to this point, I have not had any luck. But actually, I've actually made connections with Colleen and Elizabeth, but not Lil at all. Hmm. So. That no, don't don't be misled. It doesn't mean that I'll get Colleen or that I'll get Elizabeth, but I've actually, you know, what is it, six degrees of separation or whatever? I've actually gotten right there at both of them as yeah. far as getting able to message them and, and get in touch with them. But but Lil, nothing. I've reached out to all my connections. I've got nothing on Lil, which is hard oh, to believe because I'm like you. I me. thought, oh yeah, I got this one. I'll get this one nailed down. Yeah. But all no, right. even people that played with her. Mm. So We'll see about that. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Uh, T-Bird, well, great job once again. Uh, we'll be back with some more talking with T-Bird sometime soon. I don't think we have one on the books yet for next week, right? We do not. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Gabon. Gabon is number 28, right? Twenty. It's going to be 26. I mean, 26. Oh, we're going backwards. Oh, yeah. God, we're going backwards. It's number 26. Mm-hmm. All right. That should be a good one. I'm surprised it's at 26 a little mm-hmm. bit. Are you? Uh, a little surprised. Some people really love it. Other people don't care for it. So it's polarizing. Okay. So, okay. Well, 26. Hey, I've got to ask you this. Okay. Because Glenn and I have a bet going on this. And I'm not going to tell you which what the bet's for or who's, who's got what on what. But Glenn and I have a bet with you watching these every week, these seasons every week. Do you take notes? Of course. Oh, dear Lord. Lost that bit. What you? B- Glenn said, <laughs> "Yeah, I said, Glenn, no, baby, he won't. He doesn't take notes because he doesn't need to take notes. This is like his third or fourth time watching. 
I think he's just getting refreshed with it, but but he knows all this. And he said, no, he takes notes. I'm like, well, I'll bet you. So I lost that bet, but that's okay. <laughs> he probably won't ever hear. He won't hear this part of it. So we just keep that to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Okay. Well, <laughs> T-Bird, yeah, good to know uh, that you're taking bets on the podcast and you're gambling about it. Oh, it yeah. keeps it uh, exciting. Oh, absolutely. And, and start thinking about who you want to interview when we get to Survivor Africa. I already know. I already know exactly who I want. Oh, okay, Matter good. Fact, I wanted to reach. I wanted to reach out to you and let you know because I'm, I'm getting a lot of suggestions for these different seasons. But but all you listeners just know my boss here, Rob, is the one that will sometimes say this is who I want. So I don't have total control, right, Rob? Not total control. But I mean, if there's somebody that I'm you felt you- really strongly about, we've you know there's been people that you've said are are good, and I follow your lead. Okay, so with Africa, when's Africa coming up? I don't know. Not next what week. What do you think? When is Last it coming year. up? I'll guess. It- uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess it's probably, you know, not that far off. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we've already, we've already talked to, can you say them real fast? We've already talked to five people from Africa. Yeah. Do you know who they are? Right. Off- okay. okay. No. Frank, Lindsay, yep. Lex, um, Brandon and uh, let's see, uh, okay, oh, uh, Kelly Goldsmith. Oh my gosh! Yes, awesome. Okay, mm-hmm. so we've already talked to five, and I've already got the one that I really, really want. I've not reached out to them yet, but I'm hoping. And you know what? I wanted to tell you for Nicaragua, we've actually Danny is actually our fourth one that we've done. Guatemala, and I think that's after. I mean, God, Nicaragua. I always say Nicaragua. Yeah. Guatemala. For Guatemala, uh, this is our fourth one. So I think that's the most we've done from any other season other than Africa. Yeah. Um, it's a good season. Guatemala. So, well, it's kind of yeah. a forgotten you know season. Like, that's like the good, like, uh, sort of like uh, grounds for talking with T Bird stuff is like uh, some of these forgotten seasons. You uh, want a bunch of great characters, too. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really, really shocked that Guatemala is 27. I'm really, really surprised by it. Yeah. And what a great winner. I still think Danny was a great winner. Great winner. A great winner. Yeah. So anyway, it was a lot of fun. I hope everybody enjoys Danny. I think they will. I think they did. Okay. All right. T-Bird, uh, what's next for you? Uh, well, I guess I'm going to get back at it and try to see what I can do with Lil. Try to yeah. find Lil. She should be the easiest one for me to find. <laughs> of those three, and, um, of of Lil, uh, Colleen Haskell that nobody's ever seen in twenty years, and Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Yeah, I think Lil's the easiest to find. Okay, well, you've given me a challenge. A challenge accepted. Mm-hmm. Although I, I think you gave me this challenge a couple of years ago, I'm still working. You're on doing it, great. So. You know, you're making progress. Okay. okay? All right. Of course, uh, Survivor Guatemala, we uh, had our four-hour podcast with Mike Bloom and Taryn. The patron feedback show is up for our patrons at robhiswebsite.com slash patron. Uh, me, Aaron Robertson, Jordan Kalish, and Nick Fishman, the three amigos uh, we talked about Survivor Guatemala. They are answered more of your patron questions. We do that every week for the patrons of Rob has a podcast, plus our weekly patron five for five uh, patron activities every week, patron community. Plus, I'll be doing our new patron orientation at the end of the month on April 27th. Hope to see you there. Rob has a website.com slash patron. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.
Support for this podcast comes from our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and it's hard work, but you know it's easy? Bundling with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance, and it's a good thing, too. You're busy enough. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. 